quarter of New Zealand's working population is foreign-born. Even in these shaky economic times, the government has made no change to the number of immigrants it wants to settle here. However, global uncertainty and a policy that protects jobs for New Zealanders has reduced the number of skilled immigrants coming here to work. Despite a continuing skills shortage, even those who do come may find it difficult to get a job. Sue Ingram investigates for Radio New Zealand's Insight programme. 25% of New Zealand's workforce is made up of people who were born overseas. I'm one of them and regularly hear other English accents. That's not surprising, as it's people from the UK that still head the list of immigrants. But it's not just POMs now who come to settle here. South Africans, Filipinos and Chinese make up a substantial proportion and are joined by, well, by representatives from almost every country in the world. And when it comes to choosing where to live, it's here in Auckland that more than half of foreigners decide to put down roots. In fact, Auckland is now ranked fifth in the world table of super diverse cities. The desire for a better lifestyle is the predominant reason why people come to work and settle in New Zealand. Dissatisfaction with sort of life in England, really. It's a lot more stressful. I've only been here a week and already, even in the bigger city, people are a lot more relaxed and pleasant. I saw an opportunity for a promotion, and for me, New Zealand is a fantastic country. I wanted to have a healthy life and a good facilities, particularly good social security system that we were lacking in India. For a lot of Germans, New Zealand is the country of dreams, all the nature and all this nice people. We've come really for the lifestyle and the culture and also for the environment, the outdoors. The lifestyle may be good, but recent debate over comments by Paul Henry and Michael Laws, plus messages posted in response to online stories about immigrants, quickly expose an underlying vein of racist attitudes and reveals that immigrants are not always welcome. These people are taking jobs from New Zealanders. New Zealand's one of the few countries which puts the rights of foreigners over and above the rights of its own citizens. In no time, we'll have the same issues as France, Italy and Spain. Robberies, begging, prostitution, the lot. Unfortunately, New Zealand isn't big enough to continue accommodating them anymore. New Zealand needs to stop bending over backwards for foreigners, otherwise we'll be overrun. It's clear that some New Zealanders, at least, perceive immigrants to be a burden on the country. But experts who have studied the economics of immigration say that's not right. They say immigrants bring crucial skills to the labour market and contribute far more in tax revenue than is spent on them by the government. Nigel Bickle is the head of the Immigration Department. Immigration is very much thought about from a New Zealand needing to be able to attract the skills that's going to help the New Zealand economy to perform and to support firms and sectors in the labour market. The government sets an annual target of how many immigrants it wants coming to the country to settle, 60% of which is made up of skilled or business people. Immigrants have been an important part of the New Zealand economy going back before the early 1900s. Shole Mani is an associate professor at the University of Auckland in the Economics Department. She says the New Zealand economy can benefit from a growing population and if that can't be achieved by natural growth, then immigration is the answer. The New Zealand population is ageing 
and it means that it will increase the number of individuals who will no longer be working compared to those who will be working. A second factor is that the younger and the more productive New Zealanders are internationally sought after and they also want to experience work in the rest of the world. So for that reason, New Zealand has continued to have imbalances in its age structure, which also translates into shortage in skills. The other reason why increased population can help New Zealand is we require increasing and maintaining infrastructure. And for that, again, increased taxation or a large number of people who are contributing to the economy, either through employment or through taxation, is important. Even in tight economic times, New Zealand still needs immigrants. Experts say despite higher unemployment, the skill shortage has never really gone away and expanding the population is one way to increase demand. But some fear that the flow of immigrants is in jeopardy and when the economy improves, the country is going to be on the back foot in the global competition for skilled people. At the Auckland offices of the New Zealand-owned recruitment agency Madison, its chief operating officer, Julie Cressy, says she's noticed a decrease in the number of skilled migrants coming through the door. Particularly now Australia's getting back, what we're finding is in fact people are possibly stopping there before they come down to New Zealand. While in the last 18 months prior we had a lot of interest in people coming down to New Zealand, particularly from the UK and South Africa, but we have noticed a steady decrease in the amount of applications that we're getting from overseas currently. At the same time, the latest statistics confirm the agency's experience of an increasing number of New Zealanders leaving the country. All the OEs are starting up again, so I know even in our own organisation a number of people have decided now is the time to actually head off overseas because they put it on hold. Over the last 18 months they were really concerned if they left New Zealand they might not be able to get working opportunities. The number of immigrants coming here to work has reduced by at least 7,000 due to a combination of fewer people coming here and people already here on temporary work permits not having them renewed. The head of the Immigration Department, Nigel Bickle. Last year we had 23,000 people come in on temporary work permits under our essential skills policy in comparison to 30,000 the year before. We had a sustained period of economic growth where we had a number of people here in sort of lower to medium skilled jobs on temporary work permits but temporary does mean temporary and immigration policy is fundamentally underpinned by a New Zealanders first policy where if there are New Zealanders available to do the work, they get priority over non-New Zealand citizens. The policy of protecting jobs for New Zealanders means even those immigrants who have been successfully in work, sometimes for years, risk not having their permits renewed. My name is Raj. I'm out of work last week. Um, I worked with few companies, went for liquidation, voluntary liquidation, so I'm out of work. The beginning of the recession, I lost the job, I'm redundant. Then I got a couple of contract positions. So last week my contract was finished. Now I need to look again. Raj, who's a qualified accountant from India, feels as an immigrant he's at a distinct disadvantage. If uh, three people are working, so they need two persons to reduce the cost or to staff reduction. At the moment I feel the migrant people are first in the list. And when I am applying, I feel... Now it is very competitive. The employers, a lot of applicants, a lot of candidates. So probably they prefer local than migrants.
With unemployment at 6.8%, few people would argue that New Zealanders should be given priority when vacancies come up, if they are available, if they have the right skills, or if they're able to be trained for the position. But Mike Bell, the architect of MoveToNewZealand.com, a web-based support service for immigrants, describes the current situation as horrifying. Recession aside, immigration has been completely turned on its head in the last 18 months. It's gone from a department that was operating a series of fair and transparent rules where people could calculate their own migration so they could make an informed decision about how difficult or dangerous their migration was going to be, their chances of success before they got into it. Now immigration has lost all transparency. It doesn't seem to follow any rhyme or reason. So migrants are put in a position where it's just too dangerous. The loss of transparency that Mike Bell refers to relates to his concern about the use of market testing. This is when immigration seeks information from work and income about whether there are any unemployed New Zealanders who could do an advertised job. Immigration advisor Karen Justice says she's had clients who have had permits declined because of poor communication between the two government agencies. We've seen a lot of issues there where immigration have not actually provided WINS with complete details of the position in question. So the response back from WINS might be, oh yes, no, we've got lots of those people, which is true based on the parameters they were given, but those parameters don't necessarily reflect the unique nature of that particular role. About 12 months ago, 18 months ago, these labour market checks weren't done very often at all because we had a much more buoyant labour market. But at the moment, we're finding applications being heavily scrutinised. Karen Justice says often companies are being asked to spend time and money advertising a vacancy when they already have or know of an immigrant who could do the role. Particularly in a current environment, it is important that employers are trying to fill locally. My issue is where it's very clear and demonstrated that there aren't cabbies available or that it's unreasonable to expect an employer to spend months to train somebody. She believes all businesses would employ New Zealanders over immigrants if they could. Overseas-based people come with a risk. There's a risk whether they're going to settle in, whether their family's going to settle in. There's an unknown factor. Is this person going to be the right fit culturally? There may or may not be language concerns. It costs a business more upfront to employ somebody from overseas so I would say almost without a doubt most employers if all else being equal would always take the local person known cheaper. The head of immigration Nigel Bickle believes some of the concern over market testing is justified. The Ministry of Social Development and Immigration have just finished a review of the way that the labour market checking system works and we think that there are some opportunities to approve that. We have terms like uh, where New Zealanders are available, suitable, trainable and I think getting a little bit more clarity about how that works, being able to provide some better information to employers around the steps that they need to take where they've got temporary workers will help to basically improve where there has been a little bit of frustration around how that labour market check has worked. The economic downturn then has seen fewer temporary work permits granted. It has also made it more difficult for those who come to New Zealand to try to find work without first having a job offer. Hello, are you something? Hello, nice to meet you. Sue's here. Here's my wife, Maria. Hi, nice to meet you.
Sunday Lingad came to New Zealand under what's called the work to residence category. We're from the Philippines. We arrived here in February 6 of this year. And then a few months after that, my wife followed and my daughter followed. People who come here on the work to residence category have skills deemed to be in short supply or have exceptional sporting, cultural or artistic talent. If they're successful in finding employment within a certain time frame, they can then apply to settle here permanently. But getting the proper paperwork is no guarantee of getting a job. I'm an IT person. My job back home is more on programming, business analysis, systems administration and a little networking. Sunday Lingard says potential employers seem put off by his immigration status and his lack of New Zealand experience. We find that as the limitation because when you apply for a job, they will ask you, do you have any New Zealand experience? And then how can I have that one since we're just new migrant? That's one of the problems that we've been encountering. Sunday Lingard also applied for work at the supermarket Pack and Save and other shops, but without any luck. He credits his time volunteering for Auckland Regional Migrant Services for finally being offered employment in IT support. He says during the job hunt, money became very tight. The good thing is that we have credit card. <laughs> I have three credit cards back home and we've been using them for six months for the bills like telco, electric and some grocery items. What's keeping us alive, we call it alive, is the credit card. Sunday Lingard says because he was given a work permit and told by immigration that he needed enough money to support himself for three months, he assumed he would get a job in that time. He says he would be wary encouraging friends to come here. If the government can only assure that migrants can find a job within a time period, then we will say that, yes, it is good to come here. But it will be difficult for the government to, to assure these migrants that uh, there are jobs so your advice would be to just wait a wee bit? Yeah, probably just wait one or two more years before coming over. Um, well, unless, of course, they have a lot of money. The Philippines is New Zealand's fourth largest source of skilled immigrants. But recently, the Filipino embassy in New Zealand became worried that some of its nationals were coming here thinking they could find a job only to end up in financial hardship. Marcos Punsalang is the interim charge d'affaires. Many of them invested a lot before coming here. Many of them sold their possessions, uh, maybe even their houses just to come here. So it can really be very hard on them that uh, they were not able to find a job. Marcus Punsalang says officials have worked together with Immigration New Zealand to try to counter unrealistic expectations. He says with jobs difficult to get here, many Filipinos are searching for alternatives and New Zealand will lose out on their skills. Especially if the Filipinos who think this way are very qualified, then they may try other options like go to Australia or even go to the US. It's feared that the poor experience of some skilled immigrants will harm New Zealand's reputation as a positive place to come to live. Mike Bell from Move to New Zealand believes the numbers are already reflecting this. Recent statistics show that migrants from the UK have dropped by 50% since 2004-2005. Basically, New Zealand's losing the international battle for skills. If I, personally, was in the UK now, there is no way I would even think of coming here unless I had residency in my pocket. He says for those who come here and fail to get a job, they have to head home, having gambled everything. Most families have one shot. 
there's no benefit system for temporary workers. So eventually their money will run out. Then they've got to go back to the country they came from and start again. And, and some people have been saving up for decades to try this. So it's not just the fact that they're going back to their home country and saying, oh, New Zealand's not what it was cracked up to be. It's also the fact that these people that we actually needed and won't get another chance. The head of immigration, Nigel Bickle, says there has been no notable change in the number of skilled immigrants coming to settle here permanently. The overall numbers coming in through the residence program have been the same, where there's been the most noticeable change, as you would expect, is around the need for people to come here on temporary work permits. Mike Bell believes that immigration's annual target of having 45 to 50,000 immigrants settle here is under threat because of falling interest. Official figures for the past 18 months do show that the number of people wanting to be considered for residence or putting in what's known as an expression of interest has decreased. The numbers selected out of that pool have also declined. But Nigel Bickle says the immigration target will be achieved because the quality of the pool has improved. We're still selecting 45 to 50,000 migrants to come here permanently each year. The expression of interest is simply a, a sort of management mechanism, if you like, in terms of the numbers that we bring into the sort of pool and then invite to actually apply to be considered for permanent residence. So we've been able to basically invite a smaller number out of the expression of interest and set the points relatively higher over the last 18 months than what we were doing previously. Nigel Bickle says it's important that New Zealand doesn't get a reputation for being a difficult place to come to live and work. We're very focused on how important it is that immigration actually facilitates the sort of economy and society that we want and continue to be competitive and that people that are coming to New Zealand are having a good experience. Longitudinal research by the Department of Labour and Statistics New Zealand has found that 92% of the immigrants they surveyed were satisfied or very satisfied with life in New Zealand. However, 30% reported that their income was inadequate to meet their everyday needs. The survey did not include any who had given up and gone home. We spent a lot of money and we never regretted it and if we had more money we would have stayed longer. Sabine Kopsch and her husband Daniel are back in Germany after their gamble to start a new life here failed. Her qualifications and experience as a director in strategic marketing gave them the required number of points to be offered permanent New Zealand residents under the skilled migrant category. We contacted a lot of headhunters and we had a lot of talks. We, we contacted companies directly or CEOs, but there was never really the sign of a job. She says she got the feeling that employers didn't want to hire foreigners. In, in Auckland especially, we fit in quite well from our uh, look-alike. We thought uh, that it's good not to be Asian because I think they have a much harder time than we have. So we had this feeling that, uh, and it was really frustrating to be treated as someone um, not wanted. When Sabine couldn't get a job in strategic marketing, she tried other options. The companies told me that I need to prove myself and start on a lower level. But on the other hand, I always was too highly skilled. I mean, it's so funny because they always say, do you have New Zealand experience? And you say, no, I would like to gain it. And uh, they always say, come back if you have it. And so it's just you will never get it. <laughs> With their money running out, the couple returned to Dusseldorf and are now re-employed in jobs very similar to the ones they left.
The recession may have made their experience more difficult, but time and time again, skilled immigrants say they find employers demanding New Zealand experience, no matter what their qualifications. We had visited New Zealand a couple of times, and my son had been on a student exchange. And I've met a lot of Kiwis in my sailing career. I've I've done world championships and Olympics and all the all the high performance stuff. Um, so we thought that New Zealand could be a perfect like society and place for us to to feel good. Oscar Pahlik is a human resource manager, originally from the Netherlands. He arrived here about 18 months ago and struggled to get hired. If you get rejections and if you get some explanation, they're saying you don't have New Zealand work experience yet, which is、uh, disappointing to hear because there are professions where that is completely irrelevant. Maybe there are exceptions, but New Zealand is definitely not an exception. As an international HR professional, you have to learn the rules in any country that you work with, anyway. So if you manage to learn them in Japan and in Australia and in Germany and in France, then you're definitely going to be able to learn the rules in New Zealand as well. If New Zealand needs skilled migrants for areas that, where there is a shortage, you can't ask of these people when they come to have New Zealand work experience. Yet, because they obviously don't have that when they come here, so you're basically blocking a large part of the market when you use that requirement. Cultural differences in the labour market can also act as a barrier to the new immigrant. A very important aspect of Kiwi culture: say, "I am sorry to bother you." At this job search workshop run by Auckland Regional Migrant Services, immigrants are being told about what New Zealand employers expect, from CVs to job interviews to workplace etiquette. In New Zealand, if you apologise when you have done nothing wrong, people will feel you are a very polite person. Settlement services like this are funded by the government and by a levy on immigrants. After ten months of job hunting, Oscar Pawlik was finally offered employment, and is now an HR manager at Fonterra. Oscar Pawlik is lucky that he found work in his field of experience. For plenty of other immigrants, this isn't the case. And while the immigration department says the number of overqualified taxi drivers is falling, there is plenty of anecdotal evidence that suggests the issue hasn't gone away. My name is Abiji. I'm from India. I came on a student visa here. I studied as a graphic designing course here. Took about a year and a half to find a job. Then、um, did some part-time work as well in order to fetch some money and pay the bills and all that. Eventually, ended up with a company and worked there for about four months. But then I was redundant because of the recession. Life was so difficult that I didn't even have money to eat food. I had no money to even pay my bills. Many many days went without food. Yeah, I lived in a garage. I had no money to pay. Life was miserable. The graphic designer retreated to India, kept applying for jobs here, and eventually was offered one. He's now a New Zealand resident and works in his chosen profession. He believes getting local experience was important in making him more employable. I did pack and serve job for a couple of months. And that did really help me to add a New Zealand Kiwi experience when you go for the interviews. He and others say the supermarket chain Pack and Save has many staff who are overqualified. This isn't just a problem for the individual; it has an economic cost too. Having a system that releases those people into the right jobs 
is both an instant lift to productivity and at the same time is freeing up those jobs for other unskilled local people to take in place. Justin Trigas heads an organization called Amiga, which works to improve the job prospects of skilled immigrants in the greater Auckland region. People that are applying to us for jobs, they are packing shelves, they are washing dishes, they are flipping burgers, and it is very much a reality. People come here with a small cash buffer. Some of the people are lucky enough that that buffer actually sees them through to rightful employment. Others are being forced into taking jobs well below their skills and capability. And a growing body of evidence is showing that once people get into those jobs, it's even more unlikely that they'll get back into the right jobs. At Massey University, Professor Paul Spoonley is leading a research program into the integration of immigrants. He says many employers are still reluctant to consider immigrants as suitable employees, regarding them as high risk. Justin Trigas agrees and says it is particularly true for small and medium-sized enterprises, or SMEs. Hiring someone is a big decision, particularly in some of the SMEs where it's critical to get it right. People are risk adverse and see the threats or the risks associated with hiring an individual who doesn't have a New Zealand work reference above the opportunities that that person can bring, whether that be access to new markets, whether it be taking advantage of the diversity that person brings. People tend to see the risks above the advantages. Discrimination does play a part. And I think these are conversations we need to be having and being open about. Our future workforce is going to be different. We are going to be relying more and more on international skills to support our economy to grow. And attitudes like that just don't have a place in an economy that is growing to be more international. At Vodafone New Zealand, 45% of its workforce comes from overseas. Its HR director, Michael Stanley, says although the company likes to hire New Zealanders in jobs dealing with the public, elsewhere it doesn't hesitate to employ skilled immigrants. Diversity is a competitive edge. It enables you to think and plan and strategize in a way that's very difficult, almost impossible to do if you have a very mono group of people. At 46%, Victoria University in Wellington also has a high number of immigrants among its academic staff, reflecting the fact that New Zealand tops the world list for immigrant academics, a third of whom are Asian. Their careers have been studied by Hung Nguyen, a PhD student at Victoria's Management School. She says her interviews with a representative group of them revealed many had faced a variety of challenges, from finding an academic job in the first place to cultural differences within the workplace. A number have also experienced racism from students. The first reaction to these academics would be because of their skin colour or their accent. And some students, I think, they mistake that for their ability to lecture or communicate. Hung Nguyen believes the discrimination faced by Asian academics signals a bigger problem. The important thing for New Zealand is not about attracting immigrants, it's about retaining them. Once they've come here, they've been able to do their work here, they've acquired a lot of skills here, they may look at moving again because these immigrants are really resilient. Once they have already moved once, they can always move again.
Justin Trigas from Omega believes New Zealanders need to be more broad-minded. One of the big benefits people continually talk about, both in terms of business and people, is the advantages of tapping into the Asian market. New Zealand is ideally placed to take advantage of that market, and yet at the same time there seems to be a reluctance to employ people from Asia into their organisations who are ideally placed to help those businesses into those new markets. Justin Trigas fears the recession has altered the environment for immigrants and when the economy improves, New Zealand is going to suffer a massive skill shortage. When you look at the year 2025, all indicators show that our labour force growth will be at zero and at the same time, most of the other OECD countries will be in the same position. We recognise that the economic situation has things in a bit of turmoil at the moment, but unless we keep our eye firmly focused on the future and a workforce that will enable us to be competitive come that talent crunch, we're going to be really struggling. That was Justin Trigas ending that Radio New Zealand Insight programme, which was written and presented by Sue Ingram. More Insight podcasts can be downloaded from radioNZ.co.nz slash insight.